God damn it, really? Hey, everybody, welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. Welcome, everybody, to I'm Okay, You're Okay. Uh, we'll just leave it at that for now. I want to talk about uh, this thing. I guess it came out a couple years ago on Netflix. But I didn't start watching it until today because I tried to watch it. And it was a little slow. And I was like, fuck this. I don't want to watch it. But then I saw on Rotten Tomatoes that it got a 95 critics, 95 audience. So you when it's got 95, Tomatoes. 95. Dude, when it's got 95, 95, it's going to be good. Period. What are we talking about here? What do we got? It's a series on Netflix called Dark. Have you seen it? I've seen it on there. Haven't watched it. So pretty good? Pretty good. Now it's kind of, I don't know what it is. It's some kind of science fiction. It's best to not know anything about it and just go in blank on it. Uh, But so far, so good. Three episodes in, loving it. Do kids get hurt in it? Uh, yeah. You know what my go-to comfort show is? It's Beat Bobby Flay. I love that guy. I gotta watch it. You've never seen Beat Bobby Flay? Do you know Bobby Flay? Is he from Iron Chef? He's an Iron Chef, yeah. I haven't seen that show. I saw it. I saw a picture of it, and I was like, oh, I gotta watch that. Uh, It's probably pretty good. I love Iron Chef. Here's the premise. It's super fun. So he's an Iron Chef, right? And he's truly, like, really talented, real, real badass. Two chefs compete with each other. Uh, and Hold up. They, Hold up. And they have to make the, the ingredient of Bobby's choice the star of the dish. So he chooses something crazy. They have 20 My, minutes to make it. These nuts. Exactly. He's like, today's, today's you got to use these nuts. Now start cooking. Then whoever wins that has to go against him. But the winning chef, they have to make that chef's signature dish, a dish that that chef's ostensibly been making their entire career. And sometimes, and his 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 is these nuts. Well, sometimes it's a dish he's never made before, and sometimes he wins those. That's how good he is. Well, he's he's made his own these nuts so many times he can make somebody else's these nuts, mm-hmm. no problem, right? But he's Bobby Fillet. He's Bobby Fillet. Fillet. <laughs> Beat Bobby Fillet. It's like getting a pair of shoes that. You thought it was Nikes, but they say Mikey's. When they say beat, they mean beat off Bobby Fillet's dick into the salad. Zip, 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 zip. He riot. He tell it like it is. Well, what else we got? I just ordered a bunch of Van Halen cassette tapes. They came in today. Pretty exciting. Pretty exciting. Now, how are you feeling about the cassette tapes? Pretty good. I'm feeling pretty good about the cassette tapes. I've been I've been leaving my phone out of the bedroom. And do you uh, have a Sony Walkman? Do you have a cassette player? Yeah, that goes a, through your stereo. I have a tape deck in my studio from the '80s, okay. a Tech Techniques tape deck, and then I have a little portable cassette Walkman also. Is it a is it a new one or is it an old? One? It's a new one. I want to get an old one. I'm looking into getting a couple of old boom boxes from the '80s also. Oh yeah. Dude, I had boom boxes for years and years. And then I guess in the 2000s, at some point, I got rid of them or they just stopped working in them. You definitely seem like a boom box guy. Dude, for years, that's all I had was boom boxes. 
80s and 90s. Did you do the thing where you'd walk around holding it on your shoulder? Never. Never never did that that in my life. Like, dude, my entire life, I've always wanted to be invisible. So the last thing you want to do if you're (laughs) invisible is carry around a big boom. You're drawing some attention to yourself doing that. Yeah. I'm the opposite of that guy. So how many, did you like collect boom boxes? Dude, I lived in fucking Germany, dude. And when I went to high school, it was the set. I went to high school from 79 to 83. Dude, when you got on the school bus, everybody had boom boxes. <laughs> on the bus? Oh, yeah. Where'd they everybody do with them had, when you get to school? Just put them in your locker. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they did with them, to tell you the truth. But, man. Wow. You got on the bus, and there was two buses. There was a rock bus, and then there was a rap bus. And if you, I for the first, this was this was in eleventh grade, and uh, in eleventh grade, I didn't have the clothes to be on the rap bus, so I had to ride the rock bus. But then at Christmas of my eleventh grade year, I got all these like preppy clothes, like sweaters with ties and penny loafers and all the stuff. And so once I had that, then I could get on the rap bus because the, the rap bus was all the brothers was were on there. And that's, and so then I rode that after that, which had much better music, but you're not taking your boom box. Oh no, never. Besides also, dude, you're like, you had to be ready to fight. If like, if you had your boom box and you're blasting your music, but then there's another dude blasting his music, now you have to fight that guy. I'm not fighting anybody. I'm getting on whatever anybody wants to listen to. That's what I'm listening to. <laughs> I, don't, I don't give a fuck, dude. Wow. So, but, but back in those days, we were just like listening to, like we were listening to rap music before anybody heard it. Like I was listening to rap music before it was a thing. What was it? Was all, it like all, Run DMC or or Grandmaster? No, Flash Run DMC was like after it became kind of famous. It was like yeah, Grandmaster Flash, Cool Herc. It was like straight up, you know, straight from the from the source. It was. Uh, How are you guys getting that stuff? I mean, I guess it was just the dudes who were. I mean, they. I basically went to high school with dudes from all from ghettos. Like everybody I went to school with was from the ghetto. Hispanic, white, black ghettos. Because who joins the military? Poor people. That's who joins. Now, there were some officers that were, you know, some officers' kids. But mostly it was enlisted people's kids who I went to school with. How about Elvis Presley recording the song in the ghetto and it becoming a huge hit? Well, he's the king. king. When I worked in a guitar store in Pelham, Alabama, uh, there was a there's a dude who taught lessons out of like a side room. And so his students would always come in, the same students every certain time on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And we would usually talk to their students while they waited to go into their lesson. And there was this, there was this Mexican kid named Elvis. And he was a cool, super cool kid. He would always come in with like his strat, stratocaster, and we'd be chatting with him. And one day, all of us little, you know, stoner knuckleheads working at the store behind the counter, we were like, Elvis, man, what's the deal with <laughs> why are you named Elvis? He's like, oh, shit. He's like, it's embarrassing, dude. We're like, well, what's the deal? He's like, well, my parents named me Elvis when we moved from Mexico to the States because they thought Elvis was the president. Or no, they thought Elvis was the king of America. Because, <laughs> you know, he's the king. 
yeah, yeah. And they wanted to give me, you know, they wanted to give me a, a sort of regal name. So they named me Elvis because they thought he was king of America. I thought, I thought that was really charming. That's a good story. Dude, those videos of Elvis when he's super fucked up are really wild. Have you seen those? When he's on stage really, really fucked up. I wonder if you'll want some light. You know, someone said the world's a stage and each of us play a part. Plus tax. You read your lines so cleverly. <laughs> you never missed the cue. <laughs> they came back too. You forgot the words. You seem to change, you fool. <laughs> you acted strange and why I never know. <laughs> why ever did it? Honey, who am I talking to? You lied when you said you loved me. I had no cause to doubt you. But I'd rather go on, rather go on hearing your lies than to go on living without you. Now the stage is bare, and I'm standing there without any hair. I know. And you won't come back to me. What a heck with it. Is your heart still pain? Shall I come back again? Tell me, dear, are you lonesome Well, there's a great documentary about him putting together the show when he played um, Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Like that was the first time he wore the rhinestone, the white rhinestone suit. I think it was Hawaii. Was it Hawaii or was it Vegas? It might have been. He might have been in Hawaii getting ready for the Vegas show. I, I I don't know. I I have that part confused. But basically, what it is, it's just interviews with him getting ready for that show, and he's looking as good as he's ever looked in his life. Hmm. Like he's probably around thirty-ish, maybe early thirties. He's in really good shape because he's fucking cracked out of his mind. He's like on speed or he's on uppers or whatever. And uh, and then he's putting together that show. And then he puts on that show and he's like super nervous about it. And everybody shows up. Like Frank Sinatra's in the audience and like all these stars are in the audience because he's Elvis Presley. Right. But he had such a bad... He had such low self-esteem. It's such a weird thing. He just never, even though he was Elvis and he acted like he was Elvis or looked like he was Elvis, he didn't feel ever like he was Elvis. He was always just like, oh yeah, I'm a, everybody's over me. I've just been doing these movies. Nobody likes me. Nobody respects me. Nobody thinks I'm good. It was such a weird, he had such a weird self-identity. Anyways, him in that movie being all fucked up the whole time is amazing to watch. I read a thing that he used to, this is in the dark later days, that he used to have his assistants keep like a huge stack of McDonald's cheeseburgers on his nightstand so that any time in the night he could wake up and just eat a cheeseburger. Oh, yeah. It was just his drug, you know. like uh, Dude, do you know who that reminds me of? Who? Me and you. <laughs> Dude, I've never quite done that. We've never done it because we're not fucking Elvis Presley. But if we were Elvis Presley, 
We got cheeseburgers on the nightstand, dude. You're exactly right, because I was going to say that reading that about him was one of the first times that I loved him. I was like, oh, because I, I just never really got bit by the by the Elvis bug. It never really did it for me. But I remember reading that, and that was the first time I was like, I love him. I love Elvis, because, yeah, we're cut from that. <laughs> we're cut from that cheeseburger on the nightstand cloth, bro. Dude, you and me used to fucking hit McDonald's. Yeah, I remember Hard. those. Hard. And the Dude, we went, the box. So we were like the late we were like Lakers in game uh six of the series. Well, thanks for bringing that up. I hated that. Oh yeah, because you weren't rooting for the Lakers, were you? No, and that last game was a fucking blowout. It's horrible. Anyway, yeah, we would we we hit some post it was always after a show, right? And we had that shit dialed in. We knew exactly what we were getting. So the shame bag, bag of shame. <sighs> well, what else shall we talk about? Great British Baking Show. Have you watched the new season yet? <laughs> no, haven't seen the new or old seasons. You haven't watched the Great British Baking Show? No. What? Dude, watch it with your daughter. Watch it with your wife. Watch the new season. The new season is post-COVID. They they all get tested and they all quarantine each other, uh, quarantine with each other out in the countryside for like two or three weeks or however long they tape the show for Dude, I'm telling you, since the whole pandemic started, it's the thing I needed more than anything else in the world was to see an an old show post-pandemic and have it be normal and wonderful and sweet and funny. Dude, I'm telling you, I cried the entire episode. I, I cried in the first two minutes. When I realized, oh, this wasn't an old season that's now coming to light. They recorded this during the pandemic. Nobody's wearing a mask. Everybody's helping each other. Everybody's all different ages and ethnicities and from different different political, you know, they're all people, all different types you're of responding to You're responding to the fact that it's normal. It's it's a symbol of normalcy. They're not masked up. They're not talking about COVID. They're just business as usual, and that's comforting, and the show's great. Yeah, because it shows people from all walks of life getting along, helping each other, bonding, appreciating each other, appreciating their differences. They're And they're competing against each other, and they still care about each other. Oh, dude. It was just so, talk about chicken soup for the soul, dude. I'm telling you, man, you got to watch it. It's so good. Oh, my god! It was it, literally, Great British Baking Show is my favorite TV show. That and Game of Thrones are my two favorite TV shows of all time, period. And this new season is as good as it gets. My two favorite shows of all time are The Larry Sanders Show and entourage i'd put larry sanders in the top 20 for sure entourage top 20 entourage no entourage is an amazing show it's one of the greatest shows ever i just didn't like that main guy i don't like anyone really except for johnny drama and ari i only like two guys did you know johnny drama used to come to my shows at the roxy oh man really i played with you at the roxy yeah but it was before it was like in the early 2000s like from 2000 to about 2000 one to two thousand four. Dylan, yeah, Kevin Dylan. He's Kevin. He used Dylan, to come. Yeah. He used to come every time I'd play L.A. He would be there. And did you talk to him? 
Uh, I might have said hi to him. It wasn't pre-Entourage. It was like when Entourage was on. You do a bad job at becoming friendly with these kinds of people that love to come to your shows. Well, I mean, I'm not... What am I going to make friends with somebody because they're famous? No. Yeah. Yes. That's what lots of people do. I don't do it. Well, I mean, not just because he's famous, but, you know, becoming friends with him would be cool. I treat everybody the same by not becoming friends with anybody. (laughs) Yeah. You don't discriminate. You're just not friends with everybody. Exactly. I was watching a, uh, an interview with G E Smith. Who's just one of the coolest dudes ever. Remember G E Smith? Oh yeah. From Saturday Night Live. He was the guitar player for SNL, but he did a bunch of, he toured with Dylan for like four years and, uh, super well-known, well-liked guy in the, in the industry. And he talks about when he was touring with Dylan, he's like, man, we were playing in, uh, in the UK somewhere. And he's like, man, when, when anytime that Dylan plays, I was just thinking about this with you, like people that come to your shows, he's like, you know, anytime Dylan plays, there's a bunch of famous people there because it's Bob Dylan. And he's like, we were playing somewhere in, in London and it was like an acoustic part. So it's just him and Bob and Bob's in the spotlight. And, you know, G Smith's like right outside of the spotlight. They're playing Mr. Tambourine man. And there are Beatles like in the wings watching the show. And he's like, I'm just sitting there right out of the spotlight, just crying because I'm here playing Mr. Tambourine Man with Bob Dylan and Paul McCartney and George Harrison are over there watching. Wow. You know, just what a trip it must be. I was thinking about it for Metallica too, like on a much smaller level than that. But like anywhere Metallica goes, there's just famous people there who want tickets or whatever, want to see the show. There's a picture of uh, wherever they played, wherever Post Malone lives. I guess he lives in Utah or something, but they're playing somewhere in Post Malone's at the gig and they're just taking pictures of Post Malone. Post Malone's a huge metal guy and they probably don't even really know who he is, that he's one of the biggest pop guys out right now. You know, Dude, I was on YouTube when I was watching that Dykent and uh, I saw Post Malone on there. I'm like, oh, I wonder how many views he's got. Dude, he's got a bunch of over a billion view Oh, yeah, videos. he's huge. He's huge. He doesn't have that many songs, and there's a bunch of over a billion views. He makes videos that kids like, but he, those songs are just really infectious. He's got a real magnetic vibe. Because I, he, I love Post Malone. He's he's fantastic. He has that thing that I, I, I imagine, well, I don't have to imagine I was there. He has that thing that made everyone love Axl Rose. He's kind of like a bad boy vibe, but something really magnetic about him. And there aren't really any rock stars anymore, you know? So he fills that weird, he fills that weird. He has that thing that uh, Dave Matthews has where he's not concerned with looking handsome. (laughs) Like he's. What a way to put that. He's kind of goofy. And so guys like him, but he's very talented and he's, he's being himself. And so chicks find that attractive as well. So everybody likes him. Whereas like somebody who's like super good looking, like Enrique Iglesias or whatever, guys are like, fuck that guy. Yeah, totally. Because he's too good looking. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're post Malone. You're being like, yeah, I like that guy. Before you even finish that sentence, when you said Enrique Iglesias, I literally thought, fuck him. Yeah. His dad told him to go fuck himself. <laughs> Julio Iglesias was like, he's not even my son anymore. He's my competition. So fuck that guy. Oh my That's gosh. his own dad. Yeah. Well, shit got real. Dude, shit got real, dude. Dude, don't fuck your dad's bitches. 
Shit, it'll get real, man. I don't know, man. He'd probably say definitely do that. He's probably Dude. thinking, well, I'm not going to do that? Julio Iglesias wrote a song with Willie Nelson called To All the Girls I've Loved Before. Now, you can call that song like whatever you want to call it, but the bottom line is do the math on it. It's like, I fucked a lot of whores in my time. And Willie Nelson's like, oh, you you have? Have you ever heard of a, a brand of music called country music? Guess what we got? Whores galores, Julio Iglesias, and canceled. <laughs> Anyways, those dudes were like, fuck it, dude. They wrote that shit in the 80s when there was never-ending lines of chicks lined up around the block. They were having sex with both of those guys. Yeah, I'm going to guess that for a very long time, those guys had a nice time. Dude, even today, Willie Nelson's like almost 90, and he could have sex with a lot of ladies. I don't know. I don't know about that. I do. (laughs) (laughs) It must be weird for Post Malone, though, to be sold out Madison Square Garden and be like, I could really have a nice time with almost anyone I wanted here. Dude or chick. That's a strange power to give someone. It is weird. And what's weird is like when he came into success, he was really in love and I think going to marry some girl. I don't know if they're still together or what the deal is, but man, that's got to put a strain on a relationship. I just feel like if, I feel like if you crack into that kind of thing, you need to tell the person you love. I'm, I'm not doubting that you don't love them. But, you, but here's the message to them. I loved you. Bye. Bye, bye. <laughs> it's kind of like, I mean, it's one, it's, it, dude, it's one thing to meet a woman that you love and fall in love with her and go, yeah, let's be together forever. But when all of the hottest women in the world are like, hey, I really want to have sex with you and you're a human being, how do you, after a while, after a while, your wife's going to be like, hey, can you take out the trash? And you're going to be like, what? bye, bye. Bye. <laughs> but, hey, I don't like the smell of your fart. Huh? Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> bye. You're going to get one chance. You're going to get one chance because they're going to go, huh? (laughs) (laughs) What was that? And then they're like, oh, I just, you know, it's your turn to do the dishes. Oh, oh. Bye. (laughs) 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 Oh, my God. So true, though. I do feel bad. I feel bad at like, you know, whoever's got to stay home, whether, you know, I mean, shoot, dude, let's say, let's say somehow, some way, Scarlett Johansson meets me somewhere and she's like, you know what? He's a nice guy. He's funny. He's talented. I've been with all these famous people. I just want to be with this guy. And that's me. Okay, great. I won the lottery. The second she's got to go to Barcelona to film the new Woody Allen film with Alec Baldwin and whoever the fuck, that's... Not good news. She's telling me bye-bye. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. 
There's there's famously there's women that every time they make a movie and there's a love interest in the movie, they're it's supposed to be it's called acting, but there's it's not acting, dude. They fall in love with those guys on the movie set. I mean, I wrote a song called I want to make a it's called Penelope Cruz because I found out she got together with everybody she made a movie with, in, including Tom Cruise, right? In uh, Vanilla Sky, so I was like, I want to make a movie with her. So, she but there's there there are other women who have done that. <laughs> I mean, I think it, I think that's the norm in Hollywood. I wonder if Penelope Cruz has heard the song Penelope Cruz. I don't know. What you ought to do is you ought to send old Matthew McConaughey a text and see what's going on with that. Well, <clears throat> she's married and she's got kids, so it doesn't matter now. And I'm married, so who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I definitely don't care much about these matters anymore. <clears throat> yeah. But fun to think about. If Post Malone was in a relationship when he cracked into that, cracked the, the door open to that party, woo, buddy, she'd go bye-bye quick. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm really, I'm really sad about this. Not for long, homie. <laughs> not for long my man but then i don't know man i don't know if you've been paying attention but like the last couple of years he's been really messed up because of course the flip side of all that is none of that stuff can really make you happy either he's been like super drunk on stage just looking really sad it says here that he's supposedly dating a korean rapper mlma oof so obviously he's not dating his old girlfriend anymore post malone dates korean rapper okay that sounds like a Sounds like a party. Dude, he's made some real I was I just watched that uh congratulations video. He was looking so good in that video before he had all those face tattoos. Those face tattoos are not a good look. I didn't like his uh <laughs> it's funny that we're talking about this. I didn't like his hair at that time. He when he had like longer hair, cornrows and stuff. I like his hair and I think his hair looks cool. But yeah, the face tattoo, that's a rough that's a rough move. I wonder if he's gonna get any of these removed. My wife wants to be Post Malone's girlfriend. Yeah. Till he goes on tour. Guess what I can't say, by the way. That you want to be Penelope Cruz's boyfriend. Or anybody's boyfriend. Or would, that upset, would that really upset her? Yeah. I don't think my wife would care. Well, my wife would get real upset. What do you got going on the rest of the day? Uh, Halsey. Who's I like Halsey. Halsey. She's, a, she's a, an artist. She's hanging out here with Post Malone. She's looking... Pretty hot. She looks like she's got a lot of talent, Halsey. She's pretty cool. I like Halsey. She's a big NBA fan. She was pretty fun to. It's pretty fun to follow her on Twitter during all the playoffs and finals. She's a huge Lakers fan. How about being a big Lakers? If you're like a player for the Lakers, all the chicks that want to have sex with you just because you play on the Lakers. A lot of celebrities are obsessed with the Lakers, dude basketball players are notorious for hooking up with lots of hot ladies. Yeah. That, the bubble must've been pretty rough for those dudes who aren't used to that. Those dudes like to hit strip clubs. Um, I've, I've read. <laughs> Here's who I don't want my, somebody that I'm dating, dating an NBA basketball player. Cause all I can think about is giant dick. How about, how about this phone call? <clears throat> You're out on the road. You're on on a tour bus or somewhere. You're out, and your wife calls and says, "Oh, I'm going to the Laker after party." Yeah, my friend uh, Josie got me in. We're gonna go. I can't wait. It's gonna be super fun. 
what are you thinking? In, what, what kind of horrible dawning is happening in your head? I mean, at that point, bye. I get, bye. <laughs> I mean, at that point, I'm, I mean, really, at that point, it's, I'm not going to commit harikari because I don't want to feel the knife going into my body, but, fentanyl patches like just cover me in fentanyl patches and let's go night night now let's just go night night because game over i don't want to wake up tomorrow i don't oh that is just that would be some of the worst news ever yeah (laughs) dude i literally i went to this rehab place and my roommate my roommate got a call at rehab, it was like a four. It was like a four or five day intensive men's group therapy. It was sort of to get your life back on track, sort of uh, place. So I had a roommate. It was this guy. I didn't know him, and he wasn't. You're not. You have to give up your cell phone when you get there. But he snuck a cell phone in, called his wife, and the reason he was there is because he had cheated on his wife. And so he said, hey, I'm going to go to this therapy place, get my life back on track. I'm not going to cheat anymore. She's like, oh, yeah, go go on your therapy thing. Sneaks a phone in, calls his wife from the therapy place. I'm there in the room with him. She answers the phone. She's like, hey, I went on a date last night, hooked up with this guy. Oh, boy. His dick was so big. I couldn't fit all of it in my mouth. His dick was so big, I couldn't fit it all in my mouth. And I was like, holy fuck, dude. That dude left. He left that immediately. He just packed his stuff (laughs) and left the rehab place. I'm like, dude. Where? To go find his wife and I guess probably murder her. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then himself. I don't know where I'd never heard or talked to that guy again. But dude, that's some horrible news. His dick was so big I couldn't fit it all in my mouth. So that means this giant dick was at least partially in his wife's mouth. <laughs> Zip. I have a friend who I will end with this story. I have a friend who he had this new girlfriend that he really cared about. She was cool and a lot of fun, but all you know, a little wild. And she wanted to go to Burning Man, but she specifically didn't want. She wanted to go to Burning Man with just her buddy, uh, this other chick. Because my guy, who's who's dating her, was like, "Yeah, I'll go to Burning Man with you." She's like, ah, "I kind of need to just do this for me. I just want to go to Burning Man, <clears throat> just for me." And he's like. He's asking me for advice because he's like, well, he's like, I don't want to be controlling. I don't want to be the guy that says she can't do something. That's not the kind of guy I am. He's like, but I'm, I feel like she wants to go do drugs and hook up with dudes. I just don't feel good about it. And I said, listen, man, I, I have a lot of experience with these feelings. Let me just tell you something, dude. She's going to do whatever she wants to do anyway. Let her go. She's probably not going to do anything. She loves you. She's going to have a good time. And she's, it's going to mean a lot to her that you, that you trusted her and let her go. She'll be back in three or four days. And then it's going to be good for you guys. He's like, Oh, I forgot to tell you. It's he's like, it's not three or four days. She wants to go for three weeks. What? And I said, Oh, bye. Bye. <laughs> That's not goes, good news. Who goes to burning them for three weeks? 
this chick. And by the way, if your girlfriend wants to go to Burning Man for three weeks without you. Bye. Who are you dating? Who wants to go to Burning Man, period, let alone for three weeks? Yeah. That, that information changed the advice channel I was giving him for sure. So was that the full story that she went to Burning Man for three weeks? I don't know what they ended up doing. I never. I think they broke up even before it. But I was like, dude, that, that's not cool. I totally get it. I don't think that's good news. All right. I got the worst story I've ever, but we'll save it for the uh, Secret Weekly because this one's too hot for TV. Leave us a positive review on iTunes. Write into us, bobandclint at gmail.com. And of course, you can support us on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash I-O-K. And when you do that, you can listen to The Secret Weekly. And bye.